Hey folks, this is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on Fat Burning Man, where we help you look, feel, and perform at your best. Do you ever wonder how celebrities and their trainers work out in real life? Back on the show this week is my friend, fellow coach, and ABC TV co-star, Mr. Jay Cardiello. Jay has coached pro athletes in the NFL and MLB, and he's also trained A-list celebs, including Jennifer Lopez, Ryan Seacrest, and 50 Cent. No big deal. Today, he's here to show us how we can get physically fit by working on our minds. But before we get to the interview, here's an email that just came in from one of our listeners, a professional musician named Tony. We've got a lot of musician listeners for obvious reasons, I think. He says, I had triple bypass surgery on January 22nd, 2015. Lucky they found it. Just under two years later, I decided to get my life back. I'm also a professional musician and still do 10 gigs a month, and I'm almost 70 years old. You're always saying that diet is 90% of it and exercise is 10%. This is so true. I was 192 pounds, and now I'm 160 pounds, down 32 pounds. In a nutshell, I cut out all sugar, never did eat much of the processed foods, and started eating more good fats. I went to the doctor today for a physical and a blood panel. You'll love this. Last year, my fasting blood sugar was 108, scary, and A1C was 5.9. My doc flipped out when he saw my blood work. Fasting blood sugar was 92, and A1C was 4.2. My total cholesterol numbers went up 20 points, but my good cholesterol went up 35 points, and the bad cholesterol went down 7 points. He said in real numbers, this is a much healthier number. My sons are 38 and 42, and all I know is that I need to listen to you young guys. You seem to know what's going on. You're my kind of guy, no nonsense. Just do it and you'll feel better. Thanks for all you do and for the sincerity you bring to your podcast. Someday we'll have to meet. Well, Tony, I would love to meet you too, and I'll bring my guitar because I'd, I'd love to jam. It wouldn't be the first time too. I've run into a lot of uh, listeners, and in fact, uh, you folks might remember when Denny Hemmingson came on the show uh, a few times back. We That all started with an epic jam session here in Austin, Texas. So, Tony, if you're coming through here, I'd love to see you. Now, if you're listening to the audio version of the show and you can't see Tony right now, then uh, head on over to fatburningman.com. And if you go now, then Tony's post, this podcast, will be the first one that pops up there. If not, then uh, as always, you can go to fatburningman.com and get over 200 episodes of this show completely for free uh, in video, audio, and in blog posts as well. So you can print them out. If you find one that's that's interesting to you, you can share it with a friend. So anyway, I encourage you, no matter how you're watching or, or listening to this show, check out our website, fatburningman.com. We don't have any outside advertising or anything like that. Anyway, when you see Tony's uh, before picture and then you compare it to his after, he really does look 15, 20 years younger. It's amazing what those tiny little... Uh, seemingly tiny little changes to one part of your life, how that can show up over time in literally making you look and feel uh, like a different person. Now, Tony brought up something that's very important. Sugar is one of the most addictive substances on the planet. Not always easy to just kick that out of your diet and telling people to kick it out of their diet and stop eating sugar. I realize that's not very useful advice. At the same time, the sweet tooth those sweet cravings, it's a vicious cycle that starts with eating sugar and ends with eating more sugar. And uh, 
we all know that eating sugar is is bad for us in one way or another but even if you're uh, skinny and you appear to be healthy on the outside sometimes you could be doing damage on the inside i just read a couple of articles recently about competitive or elite level triathletes and uh, marathon runners who basically have been overdoing it on the sugar for a long period of time during their training even though they appear to be super fit their their blood work is a mess and that can lead to pre-diabetes and even type 2 diabetes over time if you abuse sugar in your diet or even to uh, kind of alter your performance so anyway here's one thing that I do if I'm going to eat something uh, when I'm out in the world and it comes from a package or it's a drink from a bottle I do my best to keep the uh, sugar level of whatever I'm eating less than five grams and here's another thing you might want to watch out for big food knows that sugar on the label is a turnoff and, and people stop buying that or at least they've, they've stopped buying it these days so often the serving size that you see on the label of the package is much smaller than what a normal human being would eat or drink in one sitting so be careful of that too sometimes you'll look at a bottle for for instance if you're going and, and getting a drink like kombucha which is supposedly a healthy drink but there are a lot of sugary ones uh, you might see that in fact it has five or ten grams of sugar on it or something like that but there are 2.5 servings in that bottle so keep that in mind uh, just a simple thing but easy to overlook and another thing you want to do is always look at the ingredients to make sure that there's real food in there and not a bunch of nonsense artificial sweeteners more research is coming out every day saying that they are not good for us the uh, the chemical varieties anyway things like stevia and other uh, more natural sweeteners in moderation there's no problem with that but here's another quick tip if you want to dial down the sugar make your treats at home that's one thing that we've learned to do over the years for ourselves and uh, when we're going to parties or entertaining with our own family we'll very often cook our own treats because when you make them uh, fresh with real food and you know how to turn the dials and make them taste uh, sweet enough for your palate without overdoing it then you can eat luxurious things without having to worry too much about it torpedoing your results you're not going to have a huge sugar crash if what you're eating doesn't have a whole lot of sugar in it just a, just a dab will do you so anyway you don't have to cut out sugar forever this isn't one of those things where you're not going to get results unless you do but it's a quick win if you can dial down the sugar uh, obviously cut out the soft drinks the candy but also the fruit juices and the other hidden forms of sugar you know if you're eating a whole bowl full of uh, pineapple and cantaloupe and tropical fruits in the morning then sometimes uh, cutting that down can really help get you to the next level if you're looking to lose weight or reduce body fat or even uh, if you're having trouble with with some of your blood work it can help get it back in order because it doesn't matter where it comes from sugar is sugar and it does a very specific thing to us and you don't want too much and if you want some more tips on the foods that you should be eating more of and maybe some of those that you should be avoiding then check out my full video course in the fat burning tribe you'll get a whole 10 video sequence where I walk you through topics like fat protein carbohydrates exercise how to prepare your own food at home and tons more all you have to do is go to fatburningtribe.com to get instant access to the entire library recipe library downloads and much more including our new seasonal meal plans if you'd like to join that community then check us out at fatburningtribe.com all right on to the show with jay you're about to learn how to hire your own trainer without getting tricked 
what to do when Ben and Jerry's and Johnny Walker show up in the middle of the night, how a celebrity trainer works out in real life, why the best trainers secretly want to be fired, and much more. Let's go hang out with Jay. All right, folks, our friend Jay Cardiello is a returning guest who you may remember as the co-star on our ABC show with the silliest title of all time, My Diet is Better Than Yours. Jay is a widely respected strength and conditioning coach to both professional athletes in the MLB and NFL, as well as A-list celebs like Jennifer Lopez and Ryan Seacrest. No big deal. He's the creator of a new TED Talk, which is awesome. Just watched it. And today, we're here to expose the seedy underbelly of the diet and fitness industry. Jay, thank you so much for coming back on the show, man. Abel, it's so great to be here. And congratulations on all your success. Thanks. You too, man. We're cranking along, but it's an uphill battle. And uh, we'll get into that. But let's start with this. You were supposed to be a lawyer, as I understand, but I'm really happy it didn't turn out that way. So (laughs) let's just, in case people didn't hear the last time you were on the show, and and if you didn't, listeners, I'm speaking to you now, go back and check it out because we're probably not going to retread. We're just going to keep evolving here. Uh, But bring people up to speed in case they haven't heard about you because what you've gone through just in terms of your physical body, your own experience, I think makes you so unique as a coach. So let's let's riff on that a little bit. Sure, I'll go to the cliff note version. So Abel, I start off as a track and field athlete. I was fortunate enough to go to the University of Arkansas. And while I was in practice, it was the end of practice, it was cold, it was rainy out. We were just doing jumping drills. I was a long jumper and I reached too far on uh, my takeoff leg and I was doing bounding drills. Those are called plyometrics today's, mm-hmm. today's day and age. And uh, just like physics, put a brake on with a heel and my hip kept on going forward and discs went this way and vertebrae went that way and I cracked the coccyx. So 13 surgeries later and two major spinal fusions, I had to sit in a body brace for uh, six months. Uh, but it was actually the best time. It was really an opportunity for me to see the behavioral changes that not only athletes go through, but mm-hmm. laymen go through when you're just on your back and the only thing you do is look up. Right. And uh, what was it, 13 surgeries later? Yeah. 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 So I'm a $6 million man. That's what I'm saying. I got a lot of $6 million dollar man. I like I that. a lot of metal in me. <laughs> <laughs> so you had 13 surgeries. You were in a full body cast. Skip ahead to when we were on the ABC show together, working out next to this guy. He knows how to get it done. I think we were both in there for around 20 minutes or something like that. But you were so on the ball. You were meditating, exercising at the same time. I was doing some burpees, just like gasping for air. And uh, so on the ball, this guy that I, I think my room key flew out while I was doing burpees or something like that. So without interrupting my workout, you just come up, leave it next to me. And then uh, we go and shoot the show uh, as adversaries. But uh, I really appreciated the fact, not even knowing your whole story, that you show up with such a professional attitude, even when things are stacked against you, right? Even if you were in that full body cast, you still came back to working out next to me and probably being able to totally kick my butt if we got into it, right? So you came back from a place that sometimes cripples people for life. Mentally, how were you able to do that? And what do you teach to other people? You know, I, I spoke about this in my TED Talk. It was, it was actually a lesson my father taught me. He, we were watching football, the TED Talk when it gets announced, we were watching football. It was one Sunday night, and we were just scanning over the TV, and he said, who's the uh, best player in the stadium? And I was like, a quarterback, linebacker. He's like, no, no, no. It's actually a guy in the stands. And mm-hmm. through some emotional barrier, whether he didn't have the time, he felt he didn't have the money, with the wrong coaches, he was just hating life or whatever, he gave up on the journey or the road that he was supposed to do. And it was at that point my dad asked a question. He said, never – give yourself the opportunity to ask what if. You know, it's a question right. you propose to me to ask to myself, but 
it was a statement that's really stuck with me. So whatever adversary I go through, and there are days I'm really upset or days I get frustrated, it's going to pass, not only one thing, but there has to be a mindset where you know that this could be the last breath I take. This yeah. could be the last day that I live. And I always tell people, there's going to be a time you're going to lay on your back and look up and wish for that you had done something. And yeah. I don't want to ever have to ask myself what if. And uh, I live yeah. each day to the fullest. Right. And now you're not a lawyer. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> Fancy that. But you also talk in your TED talk about uh, the whole celebrity thing, which is interesting because you've been living in that world for a long time. You understand that it is not what it's sold as being right by the popular media it's it's this whole thing where you're gonna be a star or as a musician coming up yeah i've been playing gigs since i was eight years old that was like my first career and it's always like you gotta get the deal you gotta you know work with the big dogs or whatever but a lot of those things are very once you get there up to the top very isolating the coaches in some cases they don't always hold the best interest in mind of the people they're coaching right they're trying to basically come up with new crazy diets or reasons to exist and get a paycheck so can you talk about how it actually works like that the whole world uh, that's hidden from public sight sure a lot of people ask like how did you get involved with celebrities and yeah. the really big thing is is it's hard work it was actually it was just stumbling upon the right person and the right time and you can do the right thing at the wrong time so yeah. i do the thing at the right time i was coaching for 10 years professionally and i got to the position of coaching professionally because back in the 90s you know the emails functions that we have today i mm -hmm. hand wrote every professional coach in america whether it was hockey baseball football and finally the tampa Bay buccaneers answered back and said yeah come here wow. we're not gonna be paid yeah we have to be willing to put ourselves out there and mel robbins is great she has she has a thing it's called the five second rule you know you go five four three two one and act on it do it yeah. if you want to be in that world of training celebrities contact every one of their managers, agents, assistants, be where they are. That's how it really works. Mm -hmm. I put myself in the right position that 50 Cent happened to be getting ready for a boxing film, didn't film that come to fruition, but I reached out to somebody, heard about him, they reached back out to me and I was introduced to his management and it went from there, but it was 10 years in the making. Yeah wasn't something success doesn't happen overnight it's preparation yeah. and you have to be prepared at any time for that opportunity to arise it's not just hope oh, it happens right now going into the celebrity world people think it's oh you're traveling here you're traveling there you are traveling but it's not your time i've been to i don't know mm. 40 countries but Backstage. i've never really had an opportunity to view them yes i've had to live them and plus two it's not about you mm -hmm. it's about taking care of them yes and we shouldn't look at them as being the end-all be-all to this you know, panacea for diet and exercise because if they had your knowledge and your very brilliant mind, 24 hours a day accessibility to that, who wouldn't succeed? Yeah. You know, if they have this accessibility to me 24 hours a day living them, they have to succeed mm -hmm. because their environment changes. And that's, that's the thing that people don't understand. And I, I got a chance to live with 50 for four years straight yeah. four years and uh i was tired mm -hmm. I and mean, you're, you're you're sleeping anywhere from an hour to four hours a day and you're living for somebody else it's not the joy and the dancing and clubs it's nothing like that it's mm -hmm. work that doesn't stop right and that's where the meaning comes 
Because sometimes you get to these points in life, right? Like there are a lot of people who listen to the show who have their own gyms or they're trainers or they work in the medical profession or they're, they're healers. These are all jobs, as you mentioned in your TED Talk, of service. And that's how I think of this show, too. It's not like it's not driven by money. At this point, I, I love being able to run our own thing and yeah. be able to put out what we believe in. But we do it more as a, as a service because it's like once you learn the things that we know at this point, having been in the industry and, se and seeing how it works for long enough, you have to share it with other people because you see how outmatched we are as normal Joes and Janes walking through our day, you know, being assaulted with all this pernicious marketing that gets inside of our heads combined with all of this addictive food. And yes, we know that we should sleep more. We should eat more vegetables. We should do these things. And at the same time that, that we know that, the government, the way that it talks about nutrition, completely outdated, right? You get the anything, you do a Google search, and the things that come at you first are the fat-burning pills and all the scams and the nonsense. So looking forward, you know that there are good people doing good work in the field. It seems like... I might be just being an optimist here, as I often am, but it seems like the people who are doing it the wrong way are starting to be exposed or at least made fun of a little bit, which is great. But how do we keep this, uh, I don't want to call it an industry, but how do we keep this movement honest of basically the people who want to get better, how do we make sure that they're taken care of by, by people like you who know what they're talking about, who can actually help them and aren't just after their money? Sure. Well, I, I'm going to go off the track, but I remember I think it was David Lee Roth said, I was, I was a Van Halen yeah. fan growing up, and he says, by the time people realize I can't sing, I'll be a millionaire. Right. Now I'm paraphrasing, but that's what it is. You come in, a lot of people come into this industry for a quick fix. Mm -hmm. You come in this industry to be an actor, or go on a reality show, or, or, or go on infomercials, or do things for a quick fix, and it's sad because you have to look at it. We live in a very therapy culture, and I say that because we're all emotional creatures, and fitness and dietitians and nutritionists play upon the emotions. And that's one thing I was getting at in the TED Talk is that if you go to drug or alcohol rehab, they ask you, why are you here? Why did you do what you did? Mm -hmm. Why are you addicted to drugs? And it's a very sad thing. They don't ask, you know, and I, I pointed this out, and you'll, you'll, you'll learn more with the talk, is that they don't walk in and say, oh, you're addicted to cocaine. All right, we're going to start you off with a non-GMO. We're going to start you off with an organic-free cocaine. That mm -hmm. doesn't happen. And there's yeah. too many eat this and, okay, have dark chocolate and this. That's fine. But the fact is is that we really have to regress to progress and get after people's why factors of what they're doing. Yeah. That has the possibility to change and create sustainable outcomes. That's going to disrupt the industry. Now, for people who are out there... I've always felt this way, and this is totally throwing a monkey wrench in everything. Yeah, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a servant. That's what I do. I'm a service mm -hmm. industry, and I said I'm not a celebrity. There's no paparazzi outside waiting for me. You're a celebrity now, you ABC <laughs> star. You. I'm just kidding. You know, you know what it is. We're we're all stars. It's just the job we do. That's all it is. Yes. It, we're all stars. It's the job we do. It's the industry that I chose, and I'm happy to be here. The, the point is, I really do believe that. You have physical therapists, they have to go to schooling. They have to be licensed. I truly feel, and I felt this way for a long time, you know, strength and conditioning coaches, I, I really, I love the CSCS because you have to go to college, you have right. to get a degree, you have to do this. I don't feel it's fair that people can take a weekend course, or an right. hour course, yeah. 
And at that point, then implement diets, implement protocols, implement anything without being licensed. I, I really do think that, you know, this, I don't want to throw, but I am going to say, it. I think there should be licensing for this industry. Mm-hmm. I think there should be more stringent rules because number one, it's not taken seriously. Yeah. Like, oh, I was a personal trainer in college and I bartended at night. Now I have right. nothing wrong if you're doing that to make ends meet because quite frankly, they're, the industry's paid horrifically to these people. Yeah. So you do other things that may not uh, parallel the lifestyle that you're trying to implement other people. However, if you raise the standards of the industry and get them to be licensed, make mm-hmm. it an accredited job mm-hmm. as opposed to a, you know, I'm a weekend this and I do this in the meantime, people look at it as a job or work. It's a career. Yeah. Just what you're doing here is you're, you're giving knowledge to people. There, there has to be licensing for and guidelines, and, and you really have to step up and say, you're going to enter this career. You're taking care of someone's body. Right. And you can really impact not only their health positively, yeah. but forget that negatively. I hear these trainers sometimes that are you know around me when I go to people's hotels. or That's what I do. I go to hotels or apartments, but especially yeah. hotels, and I hear these trainers saying, oh, yeah, what you're going to be doing is I want you to start this fat burner, this glutamine stuff, or, or doing this or doing that. And I say, you're not a dietitian. Mm-hmm. You're not registered. I don't say that to them. Yeah. Or what drives me even mad is that I see trainers drinking coffee or eating while they're training. Right. The thing is, is that if we're expecting the best from these people, we have to make the guidelines that give them the opportunity to be the best. And we're not there. That yeah. has to change first. The groundwork has to be laid first. Yeah, let me bring this up because I agree with you, but here's a, another monkey wrench is that yeah. uh, my mom's a nurse practitioner and, and an herbalist and, and she's, uh, so I was raised that way with her in and out of the system. She had her own practice for a little while, really hard to do. She had a hard time charging people money for healing in a way that's outside of the system. But then within the system, uh, you know, you see if you get certified in nutrition, for example, or in medicine, there were certain things then with that certification that you can can't say even if you know that it's that it's true or not so that's one of the tricky things too where it's like i have purposely not gotten any of those certifications because i think if you can go on a weekend and get one then it's disingenuous even if you have letters next to your name it's something where it's like you're appearing to be something that you're not and i am not a strength and conditioning coach i'm like a running enthusiast who is pretty good in in junior high and high school right it's like uh and and i know uh how to eat well and how to connect with people in that way but i am not nutritionist i'm not a doctor but the problem is so it's like you have the cowboys like me where i'm trying to help as best i can outside of the system because the system to some degree is also compromised so in in understanding all of that if people are listening right now and they're just like i don't know if uh there's a good trainer around me but i do need some help learning full body exercises or i want to get back in shape how do they identify the good ones from the bad ones that's a great question one of the biggest things is ask for a few things every trainer should have notes from every client See, the big thing is that a lot of trainers don't realize they could be sued. And yeah. if they're sued, they're, all their notes are going to be brought forth and they better not, you know, right. not, not document them. Why was your client only eating 30 stalks of asparagus a day for 30 days, Jay? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and what I do to, to cover my butt with everything, I send them first to a doctor to get a blood analysis. Yeah. 
because if I'm treating somebody and they have a thyroid problem, you know, it's, it, it could be that they say, oh, you know, you're not helping me. But mm-hmm. if we're identifying it with the doctor and I stay out of it, I had the doctor talk to them and yep. that made, they let me. So I call it the, the, uh, a triangle. It's them, the doctor, and me. The person should really say, okay, number one, I like to see who you've trained with and mm-hmm. interview them. So mm-hmm. we, you spend so much time, if you want a car or a house, you invest in it and you look at it and you see and try it out. Yeah. You, don't, you just show up, okay, I'll train with you. I mean, it's not your buddy. That guy's nice looking biceps. Yeah. yeah. That's, oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Aesthetics does not mean educated. Yeah, let's dig into that one. Yeah, because a lot of the strength coaches in the NFL, a lot of the sports scientists are some guys, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't think are in shape. Mm-hmm. But you're not paying for them being in them in shape. You're paying for their minds. Yeah. There are people that can look at you and look at the, your shoes and see that any, any imperfection is asymmetries in your, in your hip. Mm-hmm. So one thing is ask for who they've worked with. And celebrities don't mean that should not give you higher certification. That's yeah. not, oh, well, he works with so-and-so. That doesn't mean anything. It's pretty easy to work with a celebrity because yeah. you're with them 24 hours a day. You get the results. Ask to talk to someone they've worked with. Ask to see their history, mm-hmm. if there are any lawsuits filed against them, if anyone had been injured. Yep. Also ask how long they've been doing it, where their work history is, and investigate that. If they were fired, find out why they were fired. Yeah. Also, too, ask them, this is an important question, are you late? Yeah. Because the big thing is I see these trainers walk in for 7 o'clock clients at 7.05. Right. I mean, first time you walk in, excuse me, I understand, you know, I have a son and things happen, you know, yeah. but continuously you, you can't because if they're not respecting that time and your time, they're not respecting, you know, your health. Right. And also ask for free sessions. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Yeah. Don't, I mean, you try your car, you get a free test drive. Why are you taking a workout if it's not free to yeah. really see? Because this is a big thing. Okay. You have the knowledge. You have to have a rapport. If he's screaming and you're quiet, it ain't going to work. You have to be able to meet you on the couch and have a discussion. And also, too, if you're picking up a weight the first time, I always say it's not. They don't know your body. They don't know how you're going to recover. They don't know anything. They should be. Seriously, a lot of times I just go for coffee. We go for a walk. Mm -hmm. There's no charge. Mm -hmm. I get to know the person because I'm not looking at their aesthetics. I want to know that. The person at home they're going home to, their spouse, partner, whoever it is, is going to support this process. Yeah. I've been so much, I went to the house and interviewed them. Right. You know, where do you or work? camp out in the front yard. <laughs> oh, yeah, sit down in the front yard. <laughs> That's what it is. You know, you invest so much in your listeners. And, you know, while we were on set, I learned so much about you and your passion for your listeners. Like, I got to get the best education, the best people on the show to give them the information that can make things traveling through this journey called life so easy. Yeah. You have to invest in your client and mm-hmm. put the time in to get to know them. I know a lot of trainers that don't know their client's birthday. I mean, right. like, what? Yeah. Who don't confirm the night before, who aren't checking in through the day because the magic happens away from you, not with you. It's easy mm-hmm. to have you do jumping. I can do it all day with my client. Mm-hmm. But that's why I said in the TED Talk, Ben and Jerry and Johnny Walker show up late at night for a reason. Yep. If you're not giving them the opportunity to have a good strategy against that, you're failing. You're failing them and they're just paying you. Yeah. But uh, there is a chance to find someone who does great work and work with them over the long term. And that that simple thing, right? Like taking the chance to really not just like get a trainer, 
But find someone who can be that that pillar of support and accountability that you need, if, especially if you're that personality type. I've learned enough about myself to know that I'm just kind of like a weird freak who grew up in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire. So I learned how to entertain myself and kind of teach myself. But for a lot of people, it is so helpful to have someone there next to them or, or even just, you know, a simple text away so that when you have a question or when you doubt yourself or when Johnny Walker shows up at the door, you make the right call because you know that you're on the hook. Of course, and, and you said something, we got a lot of information right there, it was really, really poignant statements you made, is that you have to be a supporter. If you think about AA, you have a sponsor mm-hmm. that's calling you at odd times during the day. You okay? Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. You know, why aren't you sending text messages? You know, it's better to be annoying than <laughs> non-existent. Yeah. You know, I'm annoying. Like, yeah. All right, Jay. I, got no, I can vouch for that, yeah. But if I don't send you 12 texts, you're going to say, well, you didn't send me 12 texts. Mm-hmm. So... I'd rather say that I did it than said, oh, I missed out. You yeah. should be communicating, sending them stuff, and not just workouts. Yeah. Send them inspirational quotes. Make them a video and say, hey, listen, I know you're going through a lot today. I'm here for you. And, but more importantly, you're here for yourself. It's the emotional connection that needs to be made, not that you can power clean 500 pounds and you right. get a person a six-pack. I'll get you a six-pack over to 7-Eleven. We'll sit down and we'll actually talk about you. <laughs> Trainers don't want to do that. Yeah. And that's the thing. How, how do you get a celebrity? Because I care about my education. Mm-hmm. And I invest every day in reading and reading and reading and reading. And that actually sets me apart from the norm is because I invest in my education. Right. You're learning constantly. And that's obvious, especially when I first met you. I'm just like, okay, there are a few people here who are clearly cast as personalities. And then there are some like major players here. And I appreciated that you made your approach about the mental aspect of all of this because yes you can teach someone how to do the right things and that's actually not terribly difficult once you get all of the misinformation out of their minds once you get all the brainwashing from the industry out of there you start over you tell them uh, you know how to go about the right workouts how to eat the right way but then after a few months they sometimes for whatever reason fall off the wagon it's not worth it anymore. So with the people that you've been working with on a, on a long or even a short-term basis, what is the difference between the people who hang in there and even if there are ups and downs, you know, you see them a few years later and you're like, you're looking great compared to the ones who look uh, the same or worse, right? They, they haven't transformed their bodies or their habits or their environment or anything. What's the difference there? How can we bring help people to the other side? I'm going to take you back to a time. When I was at Arkansas, when we first sat down, we have a meeting of all the new team members and you're coming in as a freshman. What they did is you had to fill out an identification card and your name, hometown, your best performance. And then they had, it said NCAA ring size. Mm -hmm. And then they pass around all the hoops and you put it through your finger and you write down your ring size and it says national championship ring size. And you write it down and it says Southeastern Conference ring size. It was ingrained in my head that I'm going to get that. That's mm-hmm. where it is. Mm-hmm. So when I work with a client, I do a few things. Number one, I have them read the book by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. I ask them, you know, what is your purpose? Oh, I want to lose 25 pounds. That's not going to get you where you need to be. Yeah. Getting rid of your man boobs, that's going to get you where you need to be. Yeah. So we identify a purpose where it's pulling and not pushing. And then I have them write their mission statement before our even first session begins because if they don't know where they're going, Mm -hmm. if they don't have that roadmap clear up here, it's kind of hard for me to help at that point. So 
have them practice rituals. BJ Fogg does a great job. He has behavioral changes every few weeks. Mm -hmm. And my job with everybody is like self-actualization following Maslow is that I want to be fired. If I'm with you a year from now and you haven't changed, then I haven't done my job. Mm -hmm. If I'm with you and we're still progressing, we had some setbacks, we had this, okay, I'll stay with you. But six months, a year down the line, if you're doing the same thing that I, we should really take a break at this point. Yeah. And not that you need to do some soul searching, but let's get back to the rituals. Yeah. Let's get back to practicing that. Because yeah. as I said, the 23 hours away from me is where the magic happens, not with me. It's mm-hmm. easy to train somebody to have them sweat. Mm-hmm. That's, no, that's easy. It's all about the rituals. And you mentioned this before. One of the advantages of working with uh, celebrities or musicians or you know people who are out on shoots is that you're constantly changing your environment. And mm-hmm. so the rituals that you set up, it's a double-edged sword, of course, because you're in different places all the time. But... It also teaches you the importance of setting up your own environment. For example, to use your co- cocaine example to, to yeah. keep going with that. And it, it works with like musicians on tour or in the movie industry. If there's cocaine around, like people are probably going to do it. If you're one of those celebrities who has trouble with, with drugs or addictive foods or something at home, when you go out on tour, it's almost like you kind of get a fresh start. There's not all this stuff around you that's pulling you back into that bad behavior. So if you want to, you can kind of engineer that carrot right that pulls you to the right move so it's easier if you're um in a random hotel somewhere with nothing in particular to do at 6 30 in the morning you just happen to be awake to put in a quick workout whereas if you were at home you'd be sipping coffee hanging out i I don't know what i want to do today you know so can you help people who um maybe don't live the the true traveling troubadour life that that we have over the years how can you engineer that into your own life if you do have kind of like a normal nine to five don't focus on fitness. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. And what I mean by this is that, you know, I learned a lot from you on set. What you did, you were even focusing on habits and behavior and didn't even realize you were doing that. Yeah. Because what you did is you came onto the couch with him and said, hey, listen, you can eat these foods, but I'm going to show you better quality. Mm-hmm. You know, when you sit, people are like, I don't know how to reach my son. Well, pick up the video game and play with him. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And then there's a report. So the big thing that people really should focus on first is themselves. I mean, pain and sweat does not work. It never yeah. works. It's like, oh, you're going to run a mile today. No, I don't want to run a mile today. <laughs> right. You know? So I always say make your environment as if you're lazy or better yet, like if you're high on marijuana. Mm-hmm. You know, put the apples on the counter. Right. You know, put the potato chips down the hall. Mm-hmm. Because if you're lazy, you're going to reach for the apple or you're going to say, no, I don't want to eat. Yeah. You're not going to grab the potato chips. We really have to set ourselves up to have a very lazy, simple environment that takes the thought process out. Yeah. Well, complexity is the enemy of execution, and we always put on too much too soon. Well, if you're not, we have these New Year resolutions where you're half drunk and sitting there, and, and, but if you don't resolve anything in the past, you're not going to move forward. By the 16th, you're going to quit. Yeah. So I always tell people, who's around you every day? Mm-hmm. Because those people who are around you are your future. Right. If you have miserable people around you, you're going to be miserable. Yep. You know, that's the check. And that's what they do at these drug and alcohol rehabs. Who are you hanging out with? Mm-hmm. Who's supplying you? Mm-hmm. And people want to be on drugs, but the words that people say to you, you start saying to yourself. Yeah. So what goes on between your ears is really going to affect your emotional state. And if you can work on your emotional state, then you drop the E and then you can work on your motion state, which is right. walking. 
Yeah. And then from there, you know, you work on your nutritional state and then you, you got things start going. It's, I was speaking with a great MMA fighter the other day and he said something to me. He said, he said, people jump into relationships before they're fulfilled. And that's where mm. so much, so many problems happen. If they're taking, not giving. Yeah. If you don't work on your house, how can you go live in it? If you have holes in the roof and things in there, you can't go. You're going to get wet. You're going to get cold and stuff like that. Before you go out and venture into new things, you know, make sure your mind is right. There's mm-hmm. not going to be 100%, but you have to be a work in progress. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is where, you know, you realize that like, hey, listen, you know, not all the positive talk is going to change you. You're yeah. going to have crap days and understand that. But it's your strategy of how you have these crap days and how you go about getting through them and working with them. Because it's not about working harder. It really is about working smarter. Yes. Toward a goal. I think a problem for a lot of people is that they don't know exactly what they're training for, what they're eating for, or what have you, right? Like losing 20 pounds, pretty squishy, hard to care, right? It's so for, for people who uh, just want to be in better shape, live longer, be happier, be healthier, is there like a baseline fitness level or baseline eating level that you can help set people up with, right? Where they have that thing that they're being pulled towards that gives them a reason. I'll give you an example from my own life. And I think I've shared this on the show before. And this doesn't have to do with eating because I have enough of those examples. But like on Mondays, I do monster lifts, which just means I do my heavy lifts that day. I do squats, I do deadlifts, what have you. If by the end of the day, I haven't done monster lifts in one way or the other, then it's pretty clear that I didn't do it. And that's pretty great because it repeats on a weekly clip, right? It's like every Monday, don't have to think about it. If I can't get downstairs to the gym at our place, I have something heavy to lift here. If I'm out, you know, on the trail, I'll find a rock. It's just the deal. So can you set up little deals for yourself to maintain that, that fitness and health throughout life? What, what are some examples? So I'm going to step away from even the sweat and pain thing for a second. Yeah. If you go to a basketball game or a football game, you ever see those guys warming up for half hour, hour? Mm-hmm. They're realistically just going to work. We forget that we're going to watch them go to work. Yeah. Every day I wake up and do this. First thing I do is I wake up, I have an incantation for those of you who don't know what it is. It's basically my mission statement. And I give a date. Mine's July 7, 2017. I'm going to accomplish this. Now, if I accomplish it 100%, no, but I'm going to be one step closer. Mm-hmm. Right after I read that mission statement, it's very short, it's a few sentences, I write down five things that I'm grateful for. After that, I meditate, and to get my day started, you know, I don't have to jump right into this, but I take an extremely cold shower, and there's no exercise there. Mm -hmm. I haven't mentioned anything about exercise, Mm -hmm. but I prepared myself to take on the day in a positive statement, but this is what everybody does. Oh, um, oh, Jesus, man, oh, I got so much to do. Then they pick up their cell phone, and they're stressed. Yep. And then they hate their husband, they hate their kids, they hate the weedy bowl, and they got to get this. That you have to break that pattern. Mm-hmm. And if you want to prepare for life and, and be successful, then you have to warm up like an athlete. And that's the motion. That's the emotional thing that's going to put the mind and then eventually the body in motion. So I don't start like saying, you know, baseline of fitness, it's mm-hmm. a great question. It's just not start walking. Because then if I don't want to walk, I failed. Yeah. But you can get up in the morning and read a mission statement. Even if you're half asleep, you're conditioning. That's a behavior. And then you write down what you're grateful for. And what you start doing that, and not just for a week, not for a month, but every day for a year, mm-hmm. you start writing, you know, 
like today, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have to have this interview. So now I'm pumped up about it. My mind's prepared. I know what I want to talk about. I'm grateful that I have you know, nachos in my free. You know, just like you know, oh, Jay, you not yes, you know, you nachos, yeah, bacon too. But the thing is that if we give gratitude and grace towards and being mm-hmm. thankful for things, that's going to set us on a track to have not only abundance in life, but we forget that what we think about, we attract. And so almost I always say to people when I go to do talks is that you ever notice people who say, I can never find the right girl, I can never find the right guy. Mm-hmm. They're dating someone they don't like. Yeah. Is because what you think you become, but also who you attract. So why not set your mind up to attract abundance and quality? I love that. Yeah. Very similar morning routine to me as well. And I think people get this, this illusion, especially in the, uh, you know, there's this huge wall up between the celebs and the stars and average people. Um, But what people don't understand for the most part is that when the cameras are running, that person is already warmed up for the most part, right? They've already gone through their little thing. I know this because I do it every time before I'm recording on, on this show, on other shows or whatever. I've already put in, like you mentioned, two or three hours of work for the most part. And you can tell when I haven't. Because I'm stumbling over my words. I might not be totally there. But for the most part, it comes off as professional because at this point, we know how to do that warm-up. We know how important that is. And uh, I think if there's one skill that people can can learn, it's that. And it doesn't have to be a cold shower. I, I grew up in New Hampshire. I've had enough cold showers for my entire lifetime. But there are so many other little things that you can put in. And like One thing that I love to do in the morning is... Uh, just get the blood flowing, like a one-minute workout, just a few reps of something where you feel that little bit of sweat on your head, and all of a sudden, I'm awake, and I feel, and I think a cold shower really does the same thing yeah. for your system, right? But you have to find those little things that can set you up to totally rock it that day, and checking your phone first thing in the morning is the opposite of that. It is. It, it truly is. It, it, it's all about, people see, as you said, people see the end product. Mm-hmm. They don't know the work that's gone in for years. Yeah. They don't see the preparation. They only see the product. There's no such thing as an overnight success. It doesn't happen. Right. You don't just wake up and the next day you're a YouTube star, you're a movie star, you're yeah. a celebrity trainer. Right. It's work. It's preparation. People don't know that I wrote every coach in the NHL, NBA. Mm-hmm. You name the league, I wrote it back in 1999 and one team answered back. There was a lot of handwritten letters. Yeah. You had to type it out. It wasn't like today you can send thousands of emails in one right. shot. So that's the preparation that I put in. I knew yeah. if I wanted it, I would have to work. Yeah. And it's not it's a different kind of work ethic, but here's a big thing. If you want to be successful in an industry, find out who has been successful. Then model them. Mm-hmm. Watch them on YouTube. You got all three information there. Then figure out what they did wrong yeah. and avoid that. And you'll expedite your, your way to success. That's what I did. Yeah. I watched thousands of Tony Robbins tapes. I watched right. thousands of Tim Ferriss tapes. I watched thousands of everybody out there. Mm-hmm. And I watched and they talked about, they give it away, what they did wrong. So you yeah. just avoid that. Right. And also, I, I would add to that, if you guys want to see what it looked like when I first started this show, then check out my YouTube channel. And, and Fat Burning Man, just go to YouTube, check it out. Go back to the first videos that I ever put out there. And I don't want to say that it's a train wreck, but I cringe every time I watch myself talk years earlier when I was first getting started, right? And I think for people who want to get better, this extends to fitness, to health, to everything. The ones who finally figure it out, you know, you see them walking down the street, right? And they're in shape. They've got this swagger. You're like, that person figured it out. I want to know what that person knows. Usually what they know, I found, 
is that the tiny little things they do every day are what wind up as being that. People ask me how I wrote a book or how I wrote several books. And I'm just like, well, the real answer is I've been writing for at least like 10 minutes a day, pretty much every day since I was 15. Because I read a book then that like, that's what geniuses did. That's what Einstein did. That's what basically every great scientific thinker did. Uh, everyone knows about Da Vinci's notebooks and that, that sort of thing. But it was when I was 15, I read that that was something that smart people did every day. So I'm going to do that too. And eventually I've written like a half dozen books now. But that's how it really happens, these tiny little things. So coming back to that workout that we had next to each other when we were on the show, which wasn't on the show, by the way, this was backstage. But I think a lot of people would assume you being a pro coach, working with people in the MLB the NFL, that you're in there crushing it like The Rock, working out four hours a day and staying in awesome shape. What was it, like 20 minutes, though? That's like your your workout? It is 20 minutes, and, and that's all it really is because it, my I'm not going to be tested. I'm not going to be doing a bench press when I walk around New York right. City. Yes. <laughs> hey, how much can you bench press? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to be tested on my mind. I'm going to be tested mm-hmm. on confrontations, contracts. I'm going to be tested on people disagreeing with me, a cab driver. Yeah, and getting in a state of mind where you don't react, getting in a state of mind where you, you use words that are that are going to be giving and helpful and, and, mm-hmm. and ask the right questions to provide resolution. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to work. So yeah. that's what I focus on, and it's twenty minutes. And, and I'm going to throw this out there: like, you know, I, I set myself up for one day to go after the chin-up world record in, the, in sixty seconds. Really. Yeah, yeah, I want to do that. Um, That's awesome. If I do it, I do it. If I don't, I do it. I, I'm up to 46 in 49 seconds. So, uh, you know, it, it's just I'll go sometimes to the gym and I'll do as many chin as I can and yep. I'm done. Yeah. That's one of my workouts too. That's yeah. ex- that I do the exact same thing. Because at that point, it's like awesome. Yeah. And then I'll go do my gratitudes, then I'll do my stretches, mm-hmm. then I'll do meditation, and I'll read my incantation, I'll take my ice cold shower, and I'm good. Yep. People don't think that. They think, oh, it's so much hard work. Yeah, it is to get going. Right. But once you're there, it's pretty easy. Yeah. And we all know we all know what to do to be healthy. Mm-hmm. We just don't want to do it. We want to point and blame. But the yep. realest, the most real thing you can do is just look in the mirror and say, man, I got to change my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you can do it. The good news is that it's once you... Once you get there, I'm using air quotes right here because you never actually get there. But once you get to a, a more of your your maintenance weight, it is so much easier to stay in shape uh, than it is or, or stay fit than it is to get back to being fit, to, to lose weight. That's the hard part for a lot of people is losing the weight. And for others, I mean, staying there is also hard. But uh, for your body, sure, as long as you nail the habits, you can stay there and it, it doesn't take that much work, not nearly as much. As, as people would think. So that, that workout that you just mentioned, the pull-up, is one that I do once or twice a week, and it's just two sets of, some days it's 15 uh, pull-ups with different grips, you know, but I do two sets of like 15 to 30, depending on how I'm feeling. And then it's like, check, workout done. If I want to do more, I can, but that's just fun. That's gravy, baby. That's it. You know, and, but having that one little win, so important. Of course, of course. You know, it's almost like, that's like what Tim Ferriss does, you know, he just, goes in there and gets it done and goes yeah. in and gets it done. I'm going to do something that can create a, a big rapport with people. You know, I'm, I'm open about it. Yeah, the divorce thing is out there and, you know, went through and it's, it's, it's a, I have gratitude. I'm very blessed for it. Here's the thing. I looked back 
and I have a whiteboard in my house, so that's where I do all my creative stuff at two in the morning. Yeah. And I thought, what could I have done differently? And I didn't prepare. Hmm. You know, we don't go into relationships, and this is way it could be. This is forget physical fit, but this is mental fit because yeah. mental fit is what creates sustainable outcomes. It's so important, yeah. You know, you should go if you want to go get into marriage. Go to, you got you should go to a relationship counselor before you get married. You should go to a financial advisor. You should go and get work done with a therapist to make sure that your decision you're making when you get up there, the I do is forever, mm -hmm. not I'm done three months out because the majority yeah. of us step into those relationships. And I'm saying this, people can understand this because sometimes people say, oh, chin ups, I don't, it doesn't relate to me. I mean, you know, I'm just, I like eating bacon. That's why I love Abel. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we can all understand relationships because we want to feel satisfied with them. Mm -hmm. So before you give to another person, make sure you give it to yourself and make sure you're fulfilled. And that resonates in anything. Yeah. Whether it's fitness, you know, prepare your mind. Whether it's the diets, make sure you're prepared for this. Make sure you prepare for the struggles. You know, your job interviews. If you have an important phone call, people just pick up the phone and dial. Mm -hmm. you, you should get prepared an hour. Who are you talking to? What's their background? Create a rapport with the person. Mm -hmm. People don't do that. And, you know, I'm guilty of not doing it. And there's a cost for it. So if you're going to enter into a fitness program, be prepared. And that starts first with your mind. And that is one of the biggest secrets I think that you can take away from the world that, that you've lived in in a while and me as well as a musician mostly is, is like the people who you see who are very successful are doing it every day and they know that it's worth it and they have advantages like they might have someone like you there at their beck and call but thanks to the glory of the internet these days which is another double-edged sword you can be there for them once again right or, or i can't they can come listen to the show anytime it's like the the challenge is you have to force yourself uh, if you're just an average person to pick and choose the right bits of media i guess you could say or the right people the right virtual people around you to spend your time with that's how i think of it right because then that way you're you're spending your time with tony robbins tim ferris and it doesn't matter if you know them personally because they're giving you a download of everything that they've learned. And uh, people who are out there in the world know how important it is to every day practice, do little things, and prepare. Preparation is like the big secret taken from the world that you live in, I think, to everyone else. It's invisible. Most people don't talk about it. It's not sexy. Everyone has their weird little routine that they have to have to do before their thing. But... I would say that would that would be the biggest takeaway from this show. If you're listening to this, do that thing that totally lights you up every day. Prepare for that thing that you're nervous about and visualize it ahead of time. And Jay, you can tell them that it's going to go so much better. So maybe someone has a talk coming up. Maybe they are, are doing a big presentation at work. You just did a TED Talk. Any We're coming up on time, but any like... Uh, advice that you'd like to share with people who have a competition, you know, a sporting event or something, how can you best prepare for something big that's coming up mentally? Well, every day is a big competition because the biggest competition every day is yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's the enemy that's going to bring you down. It's not enough. It's not the man across the ring. It's not the woman across the desk that's going to get the job. It's you. Yeah. It really is what you put in your ears, who you hang out with, and what you tell yourself. You know, I don't listen to music when I work out. I listen to the, from the Jim Rome's to right. the, uh, the Joel Olsteins are in my ear while I'm working. And when I'm Whispering, on the you train, you can do it, Jay. You can do it. Yeah, <laughs> it helps. When I'm on the train, that's when I read. Mm -hmm. So anytime that I'm alone 
is a time that my mind can actually get in there and disrupt my positive journey. Yeah. So I make sure when I'm alone, that's where, that's why I said, that's where Ben and Jerry and Johnny Walker mm-hmm. show up. I judge a man not by the size of his TV, but by the size of his library. Yeah. Read, sleep, mm-hmm. and last, give. Because that's a big preparation thing that people don't realize. Because when you give to others mm-hmm. positively, when you give to others you know, in need, that's the way you prepare because everybody's in the service industry. Yeah. We all are. Yeah. We've got to admit that. Yeah. So be prepared by giving. I love that. So we're, we're almost out of time here, Jay. But before we go, can you tell folks where they can find you, your TED Talk, and a little bit more about what you're working on? Sure. Uh, they can find me. Always go to Instagram or Twitter at, at Jay Cardiello or go to my website, jaycardiello.com. The TED Talk's coming up, and uh, it's uh, out there on the live streaming at uh, – tedxworthington.com and what I'm working on is, is to be a better me yeah. because if I'm being a better me I can give more to others I dig it well Jay it's a pleasure to have you on I really appreciate the work that you're doing and the, the unique perspective you bring to this world of nutrition and fitness and uh, I'm honored to call you a friend so thank you so much for coming on the show and you're welcome anytime man uh, I'm gonna go have some bacon and put some butter in my coffee do now. it enjoy <laughs> <laughs> cheers thanks for everything my brother Thanks again for listening to Fat Burning Man. Don't forget, before you go, check out fatburningtribe.com. If you have a question for me that you want answered about how to improve your performance, what to eat for dinner, how to drop fat quickly, how to improve your overall health, or anything else, we answer all of your questions there. So quickly, you can get the first month for just $1 for a limited time. Check it out at fatburningtribe.com. All right, I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fat Burning Man. If you liked it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, the podcast app, or wherever else you might be listening to or watching this show. Got a second? Please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I always love hearing from you, and if you think someone else might like and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or with a family member. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at FatBurnMan and Facebook by typing in Abel James or FatBurningMan. Drop me a line anytime. Did you know that I've recorded over 150 episodes of Fat Burning Man, winning four awards in independent media and hitting number one in more than eight countries? And here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode for free. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com I'll give you a second to type it in fatburningman.com and you'll get all the show notes in video and audio versions for all the past episodes of Fat Burning Man better yet enter your best email at fatburningman.com sign up for my newsletter and I'll even send you a quick start guide to start burning fat right now and a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up Once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now, enter your best email to get your free fat burning download straight to your inbox and make sure that you never miss a show again. This is Abel James signing off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.